Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersina from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal, and it is November 6th. You would not think it was November when you walk out your door this morning. There was a little bit of warmth in the air, a little bit difference. So we will, I think, hit double, di- di- double digits this weekend. Who would have thought? But in November, yes, our gardens are finishing. And, of course, November, a month to remember. And I'd just like to say that... Remember that the gardens are beautiful, full of many colors and many shapes. We walk among the gardens, welcoming all the happiness that they give and gave. Gardens all over the world come in many gardens and shapes. We should be happy for those gardens that we share and for those we embrace far and near. That's my wee poem for the month of November, because it's a very important month. But we also see that our gardens are fading and that we're still able to do a few chores out in the garden. So November, a time for finishing some tasks and a time for remembering. So please listen to the poem, November. The leaves are fading and falling. The winds are rough and wild. The birds have ceased their calling. But let me tell you, you my child though day by day as it closes doth darker and colder grow the roots of those bright red roses will keep alive in the snow and when the winter is over and the boughs will get new leaves the quail come back to the clover and the swallow back to the eaves the robin will wear on his bosom (laughs) the vest that is bright and new and the loveliest wayside blossom will shine with the sun and the dew. The leaves today are whirling, the brooks are all dry and dumb. But let me tell you, my darling, the spring will be sure to come. There must be a rough, cold winter, and the winds and the rain so wild. Not all good things together come to us here, my child. So when some dear joy loses its beauteous summer glow, think how those roots of roses are kept alive in the snow. You know, maybe it's the month of remembrance and maybe it's the time where I start reflecting that we only have two more shows left. This is kind of crazy. Where did the time go? And it's almost the same time when you're in your garden and you think we're busy planting, organizing, getting it through, and then the time frame that we're able to enjoy the gardens and then we think, wow, it has sort of sped up a little bit it kind of reminds me of uh, when you're doing things and you forget some things and how fast things can go now when we're thinking about it yes we still are on task for getting some of this stuff done did you know that we still have some people that are putting tulips in the ground the ground is still warm and some people have called and say you know what I forgot to put them in can I still put my plants in the ground can I still plant yes you can still plant 
And yes, you can still get those hoses out. You might have heard me a few times sort of saying, don't put the hoses away. You have to water those trees and the shrubs. Well, definitely this week you have to, because if we're hitting double digits, things are going to still be warm. And we're going to talk about some of the things that you need to need to prepare your plants for winter. But before that, I want you to all get on the lines because we have two weeks of show left. So one 800 374-3315. Let's talk about our gardens. All right, we're going to go right to line. Violet's on hold. Hi, Violet. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Boy, I love your name. It's the same name as my granddaughter, and uh, mm-hmm. it's such a pretty name. Yeah, okay. I have a question about our uh, oak leaves that are still on the ground, even if we rake the whole bunch. Is there any harm of those leaves that would uh, uh, spoil the lawn? Uh, Which kind in the spring? Is it okay? Sorry, what type of leaves? Uh, Oak leaves. Oh, oak leaves. Okay, yes, oak leaves. um, When you look at it, you think of uh, some leaves that are good for the garden and some things. But it is, um, it is true that there is kind of like. Oak leaves do contain a little bit of uh, toxicity, right, that's in them. They're, um, I think it's, if I remember correct, sorry, I think it's the tannin portion of the leaf structure that is too high um, for toxicity. And those are not good for animals, for sure. You know, we don't want them in areas where some um, animals are going to be toxic to it. But... Um, now let me think it does not harm other plants that's in it but um, it does not make the soil more acidic than what's it uh, that you know much to the disappointment that's there what else can I think about the oak leaves Um, yeah that's about it that's that I can think about right now you've sort of caught me on a stump on that one I'll have to go back and sort of refresh my own knowledge on the oak leaf but it, they do they do have a toxicity to some animals that are in there. So you'll see that, you know, and in nature, so I think some some animals know that intrinsically and some just are just kind of, ooh they'll they may, may they may try yeah. to have it, right? Yeah. yeah, okay. I'm thinking more of our lawn with the, the leaves on it. Yeah, but I think like anything else um, in nature, I think as soon as the plant comes out, there's more toxicity in it as the plant is younger. As it breaks down into the other uh, capacities, there is a little bit of a toxicity that will go on there. You know what, if you have it, if you're going to keep the leaves on there forever and forever and they're breaking down on that area, it may cause it. But if you're just for one season on the ground and you don't get them up, I don't think it's going to be a detriment to that area. Okay. Okay. Well, that's what we, yeah, that's what we've been doing for years. And, and is it um, affecting, do you find that it's affecting the area around you? Well, it's maybe the dry ground we had this summer. So, uh, yeah, I don't it think it's, like yeah. the grass is, is growing kind of, but we uh, have also moths and stuff like that growing. Yeah, well, if you get into areas of moss, then you have sort of the dampness because the moss that needs it. So I don't think it's the toxicity of of those. There are uh, possibly some other uh, 
you know, like the toxicity from ever, well, I shouldn't say it's toxicity, but the acidic content of some of our large cedars and spruce that drop their needles, that they become in an area where they create the soil is too high in acidic content that we can grow under those uh, areas that's on it. But I think if you're worried about the one season of drop that's in there, sometimes the insulating factor that you get from the leaves and then you can clean up later is okay. All right, because I always look at the forest and if an oak tree can live amongst other things, then um, it's not a bad thing. Sometimes the oak tree... Yeah, sometimes the big oak tree kind of stands by itself too. So it could be competition Mm -hmm. from moisture. Okay. Okay. Okay, well, thank you, Anne. You're very welcome, Violet. And thank you for calling Mm -hmm. the Lawn and Garden Journal. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Let's take one more caller, Eva. We're going to go right to Margin. Hi. Hello. Marjorie. Marjorie? Marjorie, yes. Marjorie. There you go. (laughs) They spelled... Okay, sorry. I was just reading. Marjorie. Sorry. How can we help you on the lawn and garden journey? (laughs) Um, I grew some cattle lilies. Yep. And when I pulled them up, they had all these white bulbs on them. Now, am I to pull them off or just leave them? No, I like to leave them because if they are not large enough on their own to become a separate independent plant, those little bulbets that are attached on there may become additional little food source for the uh, mother root that's on it, okay? Okay. So when they go to plant it next year, just leave those little balls attached to the main root? Oh, if they're if, if you go to plant them next year, they might be a little bit, because in some cases I've left them on too, and I find that over the winter they kind of um, shrink off anyway. So if if they're nice and healthy and you can do splits on your canna bulbs, then split them off and you can have more plants. But in essence, they may become a food source for storing those bulbs over through the winter, okay? Yeah, so it would be best just to leave them the way they are and then... Part- yep. Yeah. In, yeah. In the spring, do your splits and divides. Okay. That's on it. And uh, I remember mom and dad, they had big ca- uh, calla lily bulbs, and as they bubble out, they look like pancakes that you keep adding batter to they have like all these little side growths (laughs) and split them in the spring because all together the energy is held together to support you know one main big root so there's always like a few casualties over the winter where some just don't can't keep up that energy so but i always like that them to stay attached so that they help to for the ones that can survive i like them to be there for them so even when you plant them in the spring, you can just leave everything attached then? Well, it depends. If you want to leave it attached or if you're going to split and divide, and sometimes some of them becomes, if they're large enough, they will be split off and they will become their own plant. Oh, okay, that sounds good. Yep. Okay. A- another question I got for you is, yeah. last year I grew an amarilla. It grew three foot, three feet tall, no leaves, but beautiful blossoms. Why oh. would that have no leaves? Oh, sometimes that does happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just uh, sometimes there's weird plants that have genetics that are in there. (laughs) That's in there. But sometimes we do see that. And sometimes, uh, you know, when we even um, people phone us and they say, I got big, beautiful flowers with no leaves. It's kind of that weird. All the energy is going into the structure of the flower itself. Right? 
Okay. Yeah. And in sometimes um, if you get the flower but you get no leaves, sometimes um, it may have not rested long enough, so it's time frame for its own genetic sort of cycle of producing a leaf and then producing a flower is disrupted. So if it's not stored properly or if there's something that's thrown off that has not given its right growing conditions, then it throws a loop for everything, right? So then its survival instinct is to come on, let's produce a flower so we can get our energy back so they can we can recreate this cycle. Well, I bought this uh, this bulb brand new last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, so there might know. be something that could have thrown it off or something. Must have, because I, I know I planted it, and I was waiting for leaves, and nothing came up, and no leaves came, and all of a sudden, this shoot came up, and it kept growing. It grew to three feet tall. I had to put it on the floor. Oh, wow. Did you have to stake it? Yes. <laughs> and was it a red? Uh, it was pink. It was pink. And well, was you pink. know what? Yeah. They are gorgeous, and all I think of is that there's, um, you know, there's that designer Martha Stewart that you kind of have that effect with using amaryllis, amaryllis and it is amaryllis season so thank you for bringing that up there are some beautiful colors and there's a new trend that's happening in the amaryllis where here you go where you think that you have an amaryllis and you have to plant it in soil leaving it up a little bit but there's a new trend where they've actually created designer wax that goes around the bulb itself and then then uh, it's on a little stand where the flower emerges, but you get this colorful bulb that you can either put on a pillar candle holder or on your table just like that. So it's kind of trendy. If you Google it, it's kind of cool to see. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. I was just wondering why this one grew so tall, three feet tall, and no leaves. Well, it was probably giving all the energy it could to get that blossom going for you to get to repeat the cycle that's on there. And, or... If it was um, stretching, sometimes light, uh, not enough lighting systems will cause plants to stretch too as well. Well, it had enough light in that, but uh, and it had beautiful flowers. I didn't know complaint there, but it just had no leaves. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if were you able to store it over, and you're going to redo it this year. I'm going to try doing it again. I'm going to have to do it soon. Yes. Yes, yeah, this is the time to start start those up. So, well, you know what? We're going to have a conversation next spring, aren't we? Yes, I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think you're going to call me and you're going to have success, okay? Yeah, okay. Okay, Marjorie. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for calling the Lawn and Garden Journal. And we are going to go quickly right back to lines. Joan is next. Good morning, Joan. Hi, Carla. Good morning. Good morning. And I keep forgetting to ask everyone where they're from. Where are you calling from today? Winnipeg. Well, it's a sunny day, isn't it? It's beautiful, yeah. Yeah. How can we help you today on the Lawn Garden Journal? I, too, have an amaryllis question. I had one last year that was beautiful, and I put it in a a dark part of the house and just left it there, and I I was cleaning that area the other day, and, oh, my goodness, I noticed there's a a thin double spike coming up out of the, the big bulb. And the soil is very dry, and the thin spike is very pale green. So does this mean I should be putting it in a sunny window now? Should I be watering it? Because the soil around it is really, really dry. I'm not sure what to do with it now. It's giving you that indication that it's time to go. It's time to start planting it. Yes, it's telling you, I want to get growing. And don't worry about the whiteness of the foliage, because as soon as you get it... uh, 
back with its moisture and in a lighted conditions, that is going to revert and you will get that rich greenness to it again. So start watering it. You can give it a little bit of fertilizer to give it a little bit of extra feed because it's been resting for such a long time. So yes, it's a symbol to sort of say, hey, I want to grow for you and make it pretty flowers for you. Okay, so I'll water it and put it in into the light. And you mentioned fertilizer. What do I fertilize it with? You can use, a, if you have a houseplant fertilizer, uh, I would just give a little boost that's in there so it gives it that energy because bulbs really nice that. So if you have, um, sometimes we use 20-20-20 here at the garden center, okay? And okay. because they, um, traditionally we don't like to see houseplants sort of fed really heavily through the winter, but with amaryllis we know that they're a short uh, period bulb for us. So they, I like to see that you give them a little bit of energy as much as you can. Okay. But don't over-fertilize them with the high number too much because otherwise if you're too high in your nitrogen, again, you're going to get leaves but no flowers, okay? Okay. I, I, I don't have fertilizer, so I'll get a 20-20-20. And how much do I apply so that it's enough but not too much? Or will it say on the package? It will say on the package. It'll tell you how to dilute it. And then um, generally, if you're doing it once every two weeks that's on there, that's don't do it every time you're watering, okay? That's too strong. Okay. okay? And how wet should the soil be? Well, you want to water it completely through. Always evenly distribute water all the way through your medium that's on there. And then uh, re-moisten when it gets slightly dry between the watering. So you do not want to over-water it. And with amaryllis, too... Um, you want to keep a portion of that bulb exposed to the surface, right? Because um, they look like these large bulbs that are on it. So Yeah, it's, it's about a third of the way, I would say, above yep. the soil exposed. Yep, perfect. Yeah, and the soil is absolutely bone dry. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Like, when you think of it, that is amazing that a plant can go into a darkness, into coolness, and have that stored energy. Yeah. So, it does tell us, too, that sometimes we have to slow down and have a rest, and then guess what? We become energized bunnies again. <laughs> yes. Okay? Well, thank you so much, Carla. Oh, you're very welcome. And thank you for taking the time, everyone, for listening to Lawn and Garden Journal this year. Okay? Well, I love the show. Love it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. We'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. It is that. It gives you that energy. And uh, where is the big indicator that sort of creates this same sort of theory if you pull out the the on the pantry in the dark where the potatoes are the potatoes are very much like that too when they start generating eyes maybe they've sat for the time span that they need maybe it tells you hey you're not cooking potatoes too much but those eyes are indicator new growth is an indicator and it's new energy that is given so let's go right back to lines it's going to be a busy morning guys good morning mary Good morning. Good morning. I've got a rose bush. It's years old. I don't know how old it is. And uh, it has flowers in the spring. I don't know if it's supposed to be a climbing rose, but I always trim it. But it's after the blooms, it goes, the leaves start going yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what color is the rose? Red. Oh, it's a red rose. Okay. And it just flowers in the spring? It doesn't flower all season? No, it just, in the spring, that's it. Okay, so I don't know which variety, and if it's old, old. I couldn't old. tell you. So is it, um, it could be a, um, 
uh, I'm not even going to guess that's on it. But with roses, it's like all plants. Roses specifically, when they start growing, they produce a bloom. And I find that after they start the blooming period, just imagine you're running a race and all of a sudden you're just getting to get tired. It is like that too on some plants where they've put so much into producing those blooms that something has to give. And generally, it is the food source that's going to the leaf structure. So what their plant is saying is, I'm going to give all my energy to the bulbs and the energy that's taken away from the leaf structure. So encouraging greenery or giving it a little bit of fertilizer. If it starts to yellow, uh, you want to prevent sun scalding. So you can give it a little bit of chelated iron, which would help to green up those leaf structures. Because now here's the theory that um, if leaves start to lose their chlorophyll, in the summer months, the sun is very strong. It's like us going outside without sunscreen. The lighter tones are going to burn, and then you'll get scalding and crisp leaves. So you want to avoid that portion of it. And after it's finished blooming is when you can give it uh, granular fertilizer. You can give it some, um, sometimes I think I put a little bit of alfalfa on there, but just make sure you don't put too much because alfalfa is high in nitrogen. So it's a feed port purpose that's on it. Um, have you? Do you trim it down, or how tall does it go? I haven't got it tall. It's short. It's short? Okay. Yeah. All right. So once it starts blooming, give it a little bit of chelated iron so that we can maybe avoid that next step where it's yellowing very much that's on it. What is the iron? You Is it a liquid? It's, or No, it's a powder. Oh, it's, it's a, powder. a powder. Yeah, it's a and powder. And it's called iron? Yeah, chelated. Okay. Or she, uh, chelated or chelate iron, it's spelt C-H-E-L-A-T-E, okay. iron. Okay. Okay, so that may, and now here I'm going to throw you for a loop, because if you have a hot summer and it's dry, yellow leaves could also be an indicator that you have spider mites or bugs. Okay, so and I don't know. the other roses are fine. Oh, okay, so if the other roses are fine and it's just this one mm-hmm. unit, it could be the genetics of that plant where it's, um, if it's an older variety, it might mm-hmm. be just part and parcel of that strain because some new roses have been bred to have that vigor to keep their leaves green and shiny because sometimes, if you have you ever looked at leaves lately on some roses where some are dull and now there's some newer varieties that the yes. leaves are just shiny? I've got okay. uh, Never Alone and it's still blooming. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's still. You know what? There's a few people, and I've I follow a couple people on social media, and some people are showing that their flowers are still going. Yeah, snapdragons. Well, snapdragons. This is snapdragon season. Kale, snapdragon, even your geraniums, if they're still in the pots and you've been watering it. Yeah. But snapdragons love this cool weather, and they will just start going again. Yeah. Yeah, and pansies. Yes, some they're pansies. blooming also. Yeah, yeah. These are nice cold crops, and it's sometimes uh, weird to see when you go into some of the southern states in what their winter is, and you see all these beautiful pansies and snapdragons still growing. But I was giving a little bit of bone meal for the rose. Is that okay? Yes, bone meal is fine. That is a good, it's a natural fertilizer okay. in many aspects. And okay. we also use bone meal on... Um, when you're first planting plants, we yes, put it in the I hole. Yes, I do that. Yeah. yeah. So it, 
you're, you're adding that is not going to hurt it at all. That's going to okay. be an, a benefit, okay? No, because I can't figure out why it's always turning yellow. Yeah. Well, try the chelated iron because I think, but try it prior to when you think that onset of the yellowing ha- is happening. And if it's yellowing after the blooming, it's probably telling you it's got a little bit of uh, tiredness or energy from putting those blossoms out for you. Okay. Thanks okay. a lot. Oh, you're very welcome. Enjoy the show. Okay, thank you okay. for okay. bye bye, bye bye, and Mary, we'll look forward to uh, talking to you again in the spring next twenty twenty two. Wow, it's just coming around the corner, guys. Okay, we're gonna go right next to lines. Uh, Eva, we're gonna take Gertrude here. Hi, Gertrude. Hi, Eva. Hi. Hi. Where Where are you calling from? Winnipeg. Oh, it's a Winnipeg morning. I hope everyone else is listening or awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How can we help you this morning well, on the long I morning? have a bit of trouble with my Diefenbacher. Okay. What's I happening? I have two. I have actually three pots, but the two are, are the problem. They, um, last fall, I transplanted them into what was supposed to be a larger pot, but it didn't seem to be large enough. Um, the thing is, the, the plant really grew. It's just a lovely plant, but it is so thin the stem is so thin at the soil level that it cannot stand on its own. This this plant is, uh, oh, the, the stem is so thick further up. The leaves are huge. I measured one the other day. It was about 11 by 17 inches. <laughs> okay. All right. But and it can't stand on its own. Okay. Now, so- that's that's the one, and then the other one is a very is just a thin stem, but it's still thinner at the soil level, and that can't stand on its own either. Now, did yeah. I not plant them deep enough? No, what's the what, problem? Okay, with certain types of plants, we know that um, it's like a Diefenbachia is like a bush or a tree. And it's just like our trees here that are we sell as like an apple tree or an elm tree or as a young plant. And when we get plants, a house plants specifically, if they're in one size a pot, we always recommend one to two inches bigger only uh-huh. on the size, That's which what I, I tried it, to do. Yeah, which is good. But the other thing too is uh, plants do not like to be buried specifically trees and you got to remember these are tropical trees and shrubs don't like to be buried deeper okay so no additional soil to the top surface except for maybe i would call it a dusting just to give it that's on there because you want to be able to have the original roots or the primary roots coming from those plants at the same level right and Adding additional soil to it will cause it sort of a detriment, a slowing, okay. and a struggling effect. Sorry, I, I use new soil all over, only okay. new soil. But did you bury the plant deeper, or did you keep the original depth? I, it, I just planted it as a bare root. Okay, as a bare root. So take a look at it. What I want you to do is if it was a bare root plant that you got, pull the soil away from the main trunks that are going into the ground to where you can start to see the fine roots of that tr- that plant okay 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 so you may have to lift it because if it's buried too deep it could be struggling and that could be a sign of the weaker plants coming up on top now these plants like kind of diffused bright light but it, i think in our 
area, we, a little bit brighter light is good, not full sun that's on it. But you would, uh, what do I can say? There's a stress, there's something that's stretching. So it could be lack of the light levels that are on there. Or I might be suspecting that the depth should be uh, changed. Okay? okay. And, yeah, and you'll see that once, A, if the depth of it's changed that's on it, and it does take time because if you're getting new shoots that are coming up, it will take time for those to thicken up and uh, produce and become a stronger plant. But in order for it to do that, put a stake on it, okay? Yes, I should it. Now it's, yeah. now it's so big I wouldn't be able to do it. No, just uh, there could be a little garden stake. You can get little bamboo stakes from your garden center, and that would work for you. To at least helps us support it, okay? Okay. 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 Now, when I I'm, and I've I've planted the Diefenbacher before. Yeah. It, well, you know, work well. Actually, this is from a former one that I had. Well, what I did then was plant part of the stem. Yeah. You know, um, it just might be a weaker. It's probably going to be a weaker, and if it's an offset, it's probably just has to start generating new roots for it to go. Because some plants, if you take new offsets, it takes energy to produce more roots for it to support the upper structure, and the upper structure might be weak because there's hardly any roots below. Okay. Okay? I hope I answered that. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Gertrude. And we only have one more show after this. I can't believe the season is gone. And as we're waiting, uh, if there's another caller that's coming up soon, I want to put in a quick little poem here. And November 2 is also a symbol of red. It's also a symbol of poppies in our gardens, and there is a symbol. So I did find a very short poem that I wanted us to take a moment and just listen to the poem called A Symbol. A simple red flower these past hundred years has honored those who have shed silent tears among the destruction that they found as comrades passed away on foreign ground. Our veterans fought for each world war while recent ones increased the score. Of those whose lives were changed or lost, freedom coming at a pricey cost. Worldwide and closer to home, names names engraved upon a slab of stone tell a tale of heroes who gave it all, fearlessly answering their nation's call. Each poppy worn on Remembrance Day is an unspoken word that allows us to say thank you to all who chose to fight as the last post echoes through the night. So this week, remember the poppies and remember the past. Remember the future that we can have. That's my poem. Now, back to gardening. That's the uh, purpose of what we're here for. And it has been a wonderful, and I'm going to probably say it next week too, it has been a wonderful season of being on the Lawn and Garden Journal. And I want you to all take time in your garden today. It is beautiful. Let's do some final sort of tasks that are out there. And here at the Garden Center, yes, um, you may have heard my little ad there. We're going from still looking after our gardens to planting tulips to still planting trees and how quickly we saw Thanksgiving, and which reminds me, the Thanksgiving pumpkins that are uh, all uh, out and about. Hey, are you going to do pumpkin pie with those? 
there are a lot of those uh, or, ornate pumpkins that are still good to be using. The carving ones, maybe put them in an area that you can feed the nature wild that's out there. We have a bin at our garden center here that we welcome people to bring their pumpkins to so that over the winter uh, we have our back acreages that's on a farmer's field there. And we always like to be able to uh, support some of the wildlife that's out there. So make your pumpkin pies. Do something with those pumpkins. It's something that's great that you can have. And But at the same time, uh, as being gardeners, we want to prevent some of this maybe wildlife from going to some of our plants. So there are measures for doing that as well. So just remember, for a freeze-up, you may want to use some plant skid or some uh, bobex to avoid them nibbling on your hydrangeas or something else. And maybe give them something like the pumpkin at the backfield so that they can go after that. Let's go right back to the lines. Agatha is next. Hi, Agatha. Hi. Um, if I can uh, keep a geranium, like putting them uh, in the grass or something over winter, do they work? Yes, you can. Yeah, just like uh, where we uh, stored our amaryllises and all that kind of stuff when Joan did her amaryllis. amaryllis uh, I don't know if she put it in a cool, dark space, but you can do that with the geraniums. Uh, do, I cut it, do I cut it down? Well, there's different methods that you can do. So A, uh, my grandma used to put it always in her freezer or sewing room in a bright light area. She kept two in big pots right up against the window. And as a, as a younger kid, I always thought, why is she keeping these in the sewing room, which is cooler, but the plants seem to keep growing, but I remember them being not lush and full. She created her mother plant. So if you have a space that you can keep them growing like that, you can. Uh, Some people have actually uh, put them and cleaned off the roots uh, a little bit, washed them, and hung them upside down with with a, sorry, not a plastic bag, a brown bag over top of them in the cellar where it's really cold. I've heard stories about that working too as well. So there's different methods. Yes, you can do, you can overwinter your geraniums because the next year one will be even bigger. Yeah, because uh, I have a real big one. And then the one I had kept in the house from last year, it was outside all summer and then took it in for winter. And that one all summer, it had tiny little leaves, but terribly many blossoms, almost many blossoms of flower petals as it had leaves so um, I don't want to look after them all winter so I think I like hanging them upside down yeah it's you know what it's worth to try so if you can put it in a cold storage but I don't I think the theory is that when you flip it upside down the it's kind of like the there's two uh, xylem and phloem that flow is fancy words for seeing the fluids that flow up and down uh, structures of plants so maybe mm-hmm. it interrupts that and puts it in a dormant state so it you know what let us know how it goes, okay? Yeah, sure. Oh, and I was going to say, when you say your number, say it slowly and repeat it, because by the time you, you, we find out you're going to say the number, we're running for a pen, and then we... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. I will. Okay, thank you so much, and have a good winter. Oh, thank you very much, Agatha, for calling. Enjoy the okay. winter, okay? Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye bye, and I forget because I have my hand. I have my hand with a pen in it all the time. So that is a nice reminder. If you want to uh, write it down, or how about we start a book together? We'll call it our our lawn and garden journal books together. So as we make notes, listening to the show, we have our little journal together. All right, it's nice to say. 
But you know what? Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. Remember, next weekend is our last show. I gave you the number earlier. I will give it again next show. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.